Welcome to 321 iRelaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, CEO and co founder of iRelaunch, and your host. Today, we welcome Carolyn Diamond Jones. Carolyn is a registered nurse working in the area of healthcare compliance. She has a bachelor's degree in nursing and a master's in public health, both from Emory University. Carolyn took a 15-year career break to raise her four children. She rejoined the full-time workforce in 2017 as a case manager in the home, hospice, and palliative care field. During the COVID-19 pandemic, Carolyn received a certificate in legal nurse consulting and currently works for a large healthcare company in the Atlanta area doing Medicare denials and appeals. In this episode, which is part of our Relaunching in Medicine mini-series, Carolyn will share her experience re-entering the field of nursing, as well as her pursuit of a legal nurse consulting certificate. Carolyn, welcome to 321i Relaunch. Thank you, Carol. I'm very excited to be here. Well, we're thrilled to have you, and there are a lot of great topics here that your return to work represents, so we want to get into as many of them as possible. Can you start by telling us about your career path that led up to your career break and what made you decide to take the career break? Um, Originally, I would have been a clinical nurse. I had done cardiac and um, outpatient surgery for many years. Um, Then I got married and took a 15-year break to raise my four children. I decided I wanted to do some contractual work probably around 2010, 2011, just taking small assignments here and there with home health, uh, worksite wellness, little things like that. We were having financial challenges at home. My husband had had a layoff uh, followed by two more. So needless to say, we were having our own financial concerns at home. And by 2017, it was time for me to go back to work full time. We needed the income. We had two in college at the time, my twins, and my oldest was just finishing up college. So uh, from a financial standpoint, I really needed to dive back in. And so that was the year that I decided to go back to work full time. It was um, a trying time for all of us, very stressful, Mm. but um, it was nice that my income was able to help us out as well as, you know, provide benefits and keep us, keep us going. Right. And, you know, we were talking um, earlier, right before uh, we started our, our, our interview about how some people choose to go back to work and some people have to go back to work because of some external circumstance. So you're certainly in that second category. Is Do you think you would have returned back to work, but it might have been at a, at taken a lot longer if you hadn't felt the financial pressure? Possibly, yes, um, very much so. But what was really interesting was the I had never been under this kind of pressure before. I mean, the mm-hmm. last time that we kind of are under that pressure is maybe when we graduate from college, we take that first job and we're eager to get to work. And so it's a different mindset. Yet when we come back and we choose to go back to work, it's it's a more, again, it's, it's, a, it's a mindset. So this was almost kind of a very, um, almost like an emergency type of situation where I had to go back. And so I really thought long and hard about how I was going to do this because my family really needed it. Um, I had been out 15 years. I was 55 years old at the time. And I thought, how am I going to do this? I feel like I have two strikes against me. How am I going to pull this off? 
Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I listened to a lot of, you know, um, career coaches online. I did some reading. I also worked on myself a lot. I felt that doing a lot of self-care was really important for my mind to just settle and be a little bit more confident and strong. Because when I walked into that interview that day, and I had made up my mind when I walked in that I wanted that job and I was going Mm -hmm. to land the job. Wow. Wait, hold on a second. Can you take us back, rewind for a minute and and tell us how you decided you were going to relaunch into the palliative care field, how you identified this role and how you even got to the point where you were able to walk into that interview? Yes. And that's a great question. Um, I had made up my mind that I, of course, I needed to come back, but in what capacity, I was not sure. And I had spoken to other colleagues of mine, other nurse professionals, and just bouncing ideas off of friends, um, colleagues, old professors, people that knew me and knew my skill set and knew also the kind of person I was and personality that I had. And I knew I didn't want to go back to the hospital. And my mother had passed away in 2006 from Lewy body disease. And I was really moved by the hospice team. And it was a friend of mine who said, Carolyn, you know, you really, you know, they did such a great job with your mom. Have you ever thought about going into hospice? And it never dawned on me that, you know, wow, you know, I never, you never think about that in, in healthcare, you know, always think about hospitals and OR and this and that. And she said, you know, you really should consider it. I started looking at it. I started reading up on it. I had some friends in the hospice and palliative care field, and I spoke to them and I just said, oh, and they said, oh, Carolyn, you've got the basic skills for this. Mm -hmm. You can do this. And I said, really? And she said, yes, you know, you have the background because, you know, you already understand about, you know, adult health and disease process. And this is just going to be an extension of that. So this might be a really great fit for you. So um, that was kind of what moved me to do this in that I leveraged what I had to go into an area that I knew, you know, very little about only from the receiving end. And I tell everyone, I said, you know, in my mind, it was more of a personal move than a professional move um, mm-hmm. because I felt it was something that I wanted to give back um, in, you know, in, in regards to what they had done for me and my family. So um, it was, it was a good experience. It was a powerful one. It was a solid one. And I was able to leverage my old skills into an area that again, I didn't know enough about, but I have enough confidence saying, okay, you're not walking in empty handed you have some skills and you will be able to use them in a certain capacity. It's just years later and things have changed. You know, there's electronic charting system, there's new medications, the pharmacy world changes daily. I mean, Mm -hmm. always new medications coming out. So I had to learn the medications. I had to take a medication test. They wanted to make sure that I knew how to administer medications. It had been a long time. Also, too, um, the state of Georgia many years ago had required that if you had been out of the workforce for, I believe it was um, seven years or more, Georgia mandates a refresher course through the local community college, which Mm -hmm. I did. 
I was going to ask you about your keeping up your license and sort of what was involved in that. So it wasn't a matter of just paying like a renewal fee every year. You actually had to take this course. Did you take that course before you relaunched or at the same time, like while you were already in the job? Um, I took it before I relaunched because I was also doing some home health assignments and home health had required that I had my skills up to date and that, you know, going back into nursing, um, George is really strict about making sure that this, that you do take this refresher course, um, which is a lot of online learning. And then there's also a clinical involved Mm -hmm. where you're actually in the hospital, you know, for, I think it's, I'm going to say maybe eight weeks or so, um, where you actually are involved in patient care and you're getting back into that mindset and all of those skills start to come back. You know, you think you forgot something, but you really, you really do remember these things. They're just a little dusty. That's all. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, it's really good for people to hear this. So let me just clarify. So this this course that you took, this is mandated by the state. So yes. it's already set up as an official refresher course to um, to refresh your licensure, I guess. Right. And so there are these online parts, but then there's also a clinical piece. And so somehow whoever's man, um, like managing that course then get, says you have an assignment in XYZ healthcare facility. Is that, is that like you got assigned there? Um, basically, the way it works is is Georgia mandates this that you have to take this course if you've been out for a certain period of time. And it was interesting because when we first all met on orientation, there were women there. Some women were out for 20 years. Some women were out for eight years. People were out for 30 years. They needed to come back because their husband was retiring and they wanted mm-hmm. to come back. All these scenarios. And so we all had to take this course. And so it was offered by um, Kennesaw State, which is um, a community college here, which has been offering this nurse refresher course for many years uh, for Georgia. And you have the option of taking it in person or in line online. So that was also another learning opportunity. I've never taken an online course before. Mm. And this was 2009, 2010, in around there. So there was another experience I had never had before. So, you know, online professors, papers, tests, all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the clinical was linked to the program. They would reach out to me. They knew where I lived. So they would lo- they would assign me a hospital that was close to my home. And they would give me a choice of areas that I could choose to work in. And then I would have a preceptor there. So that I would check off with her certain skills, check in with her once a week, uh, email her a report of my progress. And so they were tracking me clinically that way. I see. Um, so were you nervous during this time about the amount of time that was going by while you're having to do all this preparation and then still looking for uh, for the job? Or did you then just start sending out resumes? How, what was the timeline of the process and what actually happened to lead to you going in for that interview? Um, this I had done the course um, in the early like 2009, 2010, I didn't go okay. to palliative care till 2017. Because okay. like I mentioned earlier, the places like home health, even if I wanted to step into a, a very temporary role, at a minimum, Georgia said, you need to have this under your belt before you offer yourself to any employer at any level. Makes because, sense. Yes, yep. because my license was current, but they needed my license 
and this little diploma type thing saying that I did graduate from this program. I am up to date. I am current. I am ready to step into you know, the employment world. So, so that was kind of the first phase of your relaunch, really. Correct. You that was like the gateway. Yes. Yeah. So you start ta- taking these uh, little contract roles here or there. Um, and and then, you though, in 2017, you, you're getting very serious about it. So did you, like, apply online and get people responding to you? Or was it a, someone recommended you for this role? Like, how did you find it? And how did you get to the interview point? Um, I basically had been on LinkedIn. I had really, really polished up my resume and I was reading a lot of the articles. Remember, we were on a, we were on a bit of a budget. So Mm -hmm. a lot of things that I could find free, like great articles on LinkedIn, a lot of reading, a lot of talking to people. Another thing too, is I found that there are really nice people on LinkedIn that are so helpful that actually want to help. There's actually a woman who was on my LinkedIn page who was a recruiter for um, some of the larger hospitals in the Dallas area. And she was very, very nice. And we had a communicate, we had a really nice communication on LinkedIn. And she was so nice. And she said, Carolyn, if you ever want to talk, you know, on the phone about the interview process, or you need any tips with for your resume, I'd be glad to help because she was kind of a healthcare recruiter. So that was another resource too, which was just so nice. People were, I was finding people out there that were really, really kind and generous with their time. Um, there was also another organization, um, a Christian organization here in Atlanta, which is the, it's a, it's a Christian career group mm-hmm. um, through Roswell United Methodist Church. It's one of the largest in the country. And basically they help people come off of a layoff. They help people with relaunching. It's kind of what they do. And so I went to a couple of free workshops there. I listened to some psychologists. I spoke with someone about polishing my resume. I had practice interview sessions. Um, They had all kinds of little things to help you polish yourself and make yourself a little bit more marketable so that you can actually focus on what it is you want. Only because, you know, when you go out there, you don't really know, you're very, there's so much, it can get very confusing if you're not really, really focused on what it is you want. And what was really interesting was this organization had another step to it, another component where what they did was they had the basics. And then once you kind of quote graduated from the basics, you could go on to this other, this other um, part where they basically asked you what your three top companies are. So Mm -hmm. you had to do your research, Mm -hmm. your homework, you needed to get up there and speak about why these companies, why you would like to work for these three companies. Oh, wow. So they made you actually speak out loud about it to an audience. Yes, in front of the group. Yeah. Uh, and then they That's taught you how to do, yes, an yeah. elevator speech, mm-hmm. all of that, and how to shrink it down so that you can do it quickly and make your point. So it forces you to think and it forces you to really speak about what's important. You have very little time and you want to get your point across. So, wow, that was yeah. very good training. It was. So basically getting back to how I got that interview, I had polished up my resume 
and I was called in for an interview. And what was in the back of my mind was, this is a this is a situation where I'm going to need to sell myself. I need to let them know that I am the I am the woman for the job. I'm the one that's going to be an asset to their company. And I walked in, and I think one of the things that you can do before you even say anything is to think about the energy that you're bringing when you walk into that room. You want to make them feel that they are so happy to see you and you're happy to see them. It really, really is very refreshing when when you walk in and the interviewer has a smile on their face. Mm. They're happy to see you because there's something that you're doing when you walk into that room. Um, And when you sit down and you basically, I got into details about storytelling is always really important. And I've always found that when you can relate a story, a personal story to an interviewer about why you feel this was important. And I talked about my background, very little because they already had that. But I talked about my personal experience that I had with hospice and palliative care and how Mm -hmm. it impacted me. Mm-hmm. and how I wanted to give back. So sometimes tying something personal to what it is you want really rings true in the fact that it shows that this you're here for the right reasons. You're here because this is something that you really, truly want to do. Um, right. It really speaks to you. And did you just apply randomly to this job and then they asked you to come in for an interview or did something else happen in between that those steps? I had a couple of other interviews um, with a couple of other companies, but and it was for the same type of position. But this company was, I don't know, they something about it, you know, when you when you interview for the same position at different places, you know, does the place speak to you? Does it have, um, do you feel at home there? Are you getting a good vibe about, you know, the the whole culture of, of the company? And so this was the place that I chose that I wanted to be with. It was with Emeticis. And um, I really had a great discussion with the director. She really, we related really, really well. She could relate to a lot of the things that I was saying. Uh, maybe her background was similar to mine. Um, but it was it was a different feeling than some of the other places that I went. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it had to do with just, you know, it became more of a, a personal thing than it did a professional thing. Because like I said, I had related stories to her about my connection and how I felt that I would be able to leverage my skills in this in this area. They had a couple of other people interviewing for the job, but I when I when I before that door before I walked through that door, I made up my mind that I was going to get that job. I was wow. going to get it. That's amazing. And um, I walked out of there, and what was really interesting was my phone. I walked out. I was sweating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was doing this for my family. I'm like, I've got to land this. We need benefits. We need everything. Come on, Carolyn, you can do this. Mm-hmm. And my phone was buzzing and I turned it over. It was the recruiter and she said, they loved you. Oh, that is so <laughs> great. Oh, I right. was, oh my God. Right, right. Oh, I, I that must have been a, quite an and amazing said, moment. They want to give you an offer. I said, well, I'm a, I'm a little freaked out right now. Can we <laughs> tomorrow. (laughs) That's, that is great. Okay. So you end up taking this job 
And then, and is that when you had to um, learn the new systems and the medications and, and you got that training on how to um, give, give out medication or track it? Okay, yes. so that, would, that all happened on the job. Yes, and th this, was, this was a new world because I had to learn um, EMR, which stands for Electronic Medical Record, where things are no longer written in charts. Everything is done online. Nurses carry tablets, and that's not something I'm used to doing. Yeah, we have an iPhone and an iPad, but as far as using a medical record online mm -hmm. or using new software, learning their software, um, also things like learning the whole world of palliative care, which has a lot of legal implications to it, which mm -hmm. is kind of, which sent me in this direction. There were, you know, because it's a benefit of Medicare Part A. And so there was a lot of, you know, legal overlap there. I was learning about the Medicare laws. I was learning about how hospice um, utilizes, you know, that type of um, those services. And it was, uh, it was a, like, a, again, another, it was a career move where yeah. I was learning everything from the ground up. Yes, I was learn, learning new medications, medications I've never, never used in my life. I didn't know what they were. And also, too, I was taking care of an age group. Most of the patients in hospice are elderly. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, we have people, you know, middle-aged, um, but mostly end of, you know, people that are in the older, in their older years. So there were a lot of, you know, medications for memory, medicines for Parkinson's disease, or medications for um, Alzheimer's, memory medications, all of these. I knew nothing about them. My background was cardiac. This was all new to me. Mm -hmm. So a learning curve and how, you know, how these drugs work. I you know, learned a lot about narcotics and, and how they're used and how they affect the body. So there were a lot of opportunities to learn about what was going on. You know, it's interesting you mentioned the learning curve because there is such a thing as the learning curve and stages of learning. We actually have a podcast on that topic with Michelle Friedman. So our listeners can can look that one up if, if you want to learn more about the learning curve. Uh, Carolyn, I wanted to get into now uh, this transition that you are making and what made you start looking to uh, get the legal nurse consulting certificate? And when did that happen? This happened. Um, so I was doing hospice for a while and I had been going through some changes personally at home. Um, my husband and I were separated for a while and we were planning to get divorced. My three older children were already graduated from college and they were off onto their careers. My youngest one was about to start college. And so I was thinking about, you know, a new chapter for myself and what do I want to do with this new chapter? And I thought, you know, I had learned so much in hospice. I had learned so much about the laws of Medicare and, and how they work. Um, and I thought, you know, it would be really interesting to just kind of bring this into something else, but what? And mm -hmm. I was reading online and I was reading a lot about legal nurse consulting and what that, I didn't know what that was. And then I had spoken to a couple of, you know, colleagues, oh, legal, oh, I have always, somebody always knew someone who did this, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, oh, my friend did that. And so I looked into it and we, again, you know, trying to keep things within budget, there were a lot of great legal nurse consulting courses online. 
there was one that was $3,000, which was really, really nice. And then they were all the ways down to $250. I ended up taking the one for $250, which was offered through um, the local vocational, a local vocational program here in Georgia, which is also through one of these e-learning portals here online. Mm -hmm. Um, What they do is you go on and they ask you where you live. And then the program is offered in several states, um, and so I signed up to do this. It was a it was a birthday gift to myself in 2019, March 2019. I thought I'm gonna I want to learn more. I'm gonna take this course. It was six weeks long. It was taught by an attorney whose wife happened to be a nurse consultant. Um, I was online with 30 other nurses who wanted to do the same thing that I did. They were from all over the country, and it was six weeks long. And I had assignments and I had tests and I learned a lot about the law in six weeks. And so I, ha- I had a, got a certificate when I was done, but the pandemic hit mm-hmm. and things changed for everyone. And so I, there was no way that I was going to go out and start cold calling with lawyers because lawyer, no one was hiring at the time. People were lockdown. People were quarantined. Mm-hmm. Things were, you know, quiet. And so I thought, all right, fine, put this on the shelf and look at it later. Something, something will come of it, just not right now. So I put it to the side. I went back to hospice and funny, you know, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> I was in seeing a patient, a lady who had had some end-stage heart disease, very nice family. And her daughter pulls me into the kitchen and she says, Carolyn, you did such a great job with my mom. I just want we all want to thank you. And I said, oh, it was my pleasure. And she said, when you're ready to leave hospice, let me know. Hmm. And I said, Oh, my eyes widened and asked, she said, I am the director of recruitment for Pruitt Healthcare. Oh, wow. And I said, can we talk sometime soon? And she said, absolutely. We exchanged information. She sent me a request on LinkedIn. We started talking. I told her about the legal nurse consultant, you know, certificate that I had received and that I was really interested in moving in this direction. And she said, Carolyn, you know, our compliance department really needs an RN. And I said, wow. Are you kidding? Yeah. And <laughs> also, said, look, what you didn't even have to interview because she saw you in action, right? She already knew everything she needed to know. She knew what kind of clinician I was, but That's she didn't true. know if I had, you know, I had the skills to go to start pivoting into the legal world. She didn't right. know. That's right. But what was really funny was... The next interview, when I interviewed at Pruitt and I sat down with my supervisor and I was telling her what I did. And as I talked, the smile got bigger and bigger and bigger. I said, did I say something? She said, Carolyn, I'm a legal nurse consultant. (laughs) I said, oh my gosh, you're kidding. She said, no. She said, you're in the right place. (laughs) I said, okay, well, that's great. So she introduced me to, you know, our CCO, who's an attorney spoke with him and some of the other people on the team. And then we have people out in the field. But basically, I oversee denials management and appeals for North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, and Georgia. We have facilities. We have home health, skilled nursing, and hospice in these four states. And so we have situations where there's audits 
that have to be done uh, for post-pay audits for Medicare. And then also, too, we have appeals where um, maybe a payment um, is trying to be recouped and we need to do an appeal. So that's where it really gets interesting, where we can, you know, I was taught how to write an appeal. Um, and also, to we also do something called an ALJ, which is the administrative law judge, which is actually a hearing that's done over the phone where we actually speak with the judge and um, give a testimony. And um, it's very interesting. I have not done that yet. They are prepping me to do that. But I have sat in on a handful of hearings already. So I'm looking forward to doing that maybe soon, hopefully next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's getting really, it's, it's, get, it's starting to get really interesting. Uh, and, and it's really interesting too, you know, to tell people what you do, because, you know, when they tell people you're a nurse, the first thing that comes to their mind, oh, you know, you work in the hospital, you work in the OR, you know, and I'm like, no, I work in an area of healthcare that a lot of people don't know about. <laughs> so it's um so it, that's another thing too is you know you just never know where your skills can take you. Um, sometimes people think, okay, well, I was an accountant then, I need to look for another accounting role, and that's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Um, you have that experience, but you can still use that in another capacity in somewhere else. I mean, and the way I see it is, you know, I've gone from being a clinician. I mean, I look back to where I was. I actually wrote a poem about this a couple of weeks ago from cardiac to compliance. I mean, my gosh, you know, from taking care of patients after open heart surgery to, you know, writing appeals and sitting in on hearings. Um, it's, it's so, so, so different. It's been a really, really neat, um, rich journey. So, so Carolyn, I'm hearing some themes here. Number one, your positivity. So there's a lot of just, it's, it's like, no, it wasn't a bad day. It was not, it's just not as good of a day, you know, and, and, and I'm hearing patience with yourself. I'm hearing positivity. I'm hearing that you're a constant learner and you're a curious person and you look at learning as an exciting process and not something that um, you allow yourself to get intimidated by. And I think that's really important because relaunchers can sometimes get intimidated by what they have in front of them in terms of what they need to learn for upskilling or reskilling. So any comments on how you um, kept your positive attitude and encouraged yourself and sort of embraced this opportunity to learn as opposed to being fearful of it? I think that we all, you know, come to the table with strengths and weaknesses, and they're not necessarily weaknesses. You know, I've, I've, whenever I've done an evaluation for an employer, and they always say, what are your strengths? And then instead of saying, what are your weaknesses? They say, what are the areas you want to work on? Yeah. And I think that's the way it is. I think mm-hmm. part of it, it's, it's really based on the messages we tell ourselves. And, you know, words have such power and even the words you know we we say to ourselves you know when you get up in the morning and you look in the mirror you know you want to i was hearing someone say greet yourself say hey good morning um, <laughs> it's such a it's such a it's such an it's so refreshing to get up and and you know it's interesting because given what's gone on in the world today we're really really lucky to be here And I think that's another perspective, too, is that, you know, our world 
went through something so horrible and so many lives were lost. And I think it's, I think sometimes we forget the blessings and we forget the good things that we have and we're not as grateful. Um, I think that um, we need to kind of take, take a step back. And the other thing too is we, we've got, we need to remember from where we've come. Mm. A lot of people always say, oh gosh, you know, I had a bad day. I messed this up. Oh, I, I wrote down the wrong information. Oh, I forgot to do this or whatever it is. But if you look back on where you've come, it's daunting. It is unbelievable. And sometimes at the end of the week, I'll lay there in bed and say to myself, I can't believe where I am when I think about how far I've come. Given personal issues, professional changes, all of these things. And I think that something that, you know, I think we really need to kind of believe in ourselves and realize that we really are stronger and smarter than we think. We really know more than we give ourselves credit for. It's it's just that simple. Mm, um, well, it's just, it, it, this is a, a great moment to uh, ask you our final question, which you've already been giving um, advice right there. But uh, we our question that we always wrap up with is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something we've already talked about today? And I know you've already started to give advice. Is there anything else that you want to add? It's so valuable. And thank you so much for pointing all of this out. Sure. Um, Richard Branson once said, always say yes to the opportunity and learn to do it later. And I absolutely love that um, because he's so right. Take the job. If they offer it to you and you've got, okay, maybe it's not your absolute dream job, but take the offer. It's going to get you in the door. It's going to get you started. It's going to boost your confidence. Mm -hmm. It's going to help you financially. There's so many positive things that are going to come out of that and believe in yourself. You know, you want to believe that that you can do this change your attitude from i don't know maybe to yes i'm going to give it my best i'm going to try take the risk take the jump um, believe in yourself and the other thing too is is when you are in that interview try to show the interviewer that you do believe in yourself because i think interviewers do sense trepidation when somebody is unsure um, so if it's something that you do want, let them know, tell them, so, you know, I, this is something that I've always wanted to do because the thing is, is that if it's something you wanted, want to do, you're going to work hard and mm-hmm. you're going to be one of their best employees because you're going to want to give them your best. Mm. And uh, I think, I think that's, you know, that's it in a nutshell. Right. That's a great place to wind up. Carolyn, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. I enjoyed every minute of it. And thanks for listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss return to work strategies, advice, and success stories. I'm Carol Fishman Cohen, the CEO and co founder of I Relaunch, and your host. 
For more information on iRelaunch conferences and events, to sign up for our job board and access our return to work tools and resources, go to iRelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on Apple Podcasts and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Instagram, and other social media. Thanks for joining us. 